All right. So. Well, welcome to our little thing. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No worries. So uh, I'll get just a couple of caveats out of the way before we get started. Uh, we're, of course, we're, we completely edit the show. So no pressure to, to be on your game uh, the whole time. Uh, if any of us mess up, we'll, we can just, we'll just edit it. And we do that routinely anyways to make ourselves legible. So legible. <laughs> Isn't legible refer to writing? See, if we were recording, I would actually edit that out and fix that. So there You're you go. You're an English major, example. are you not, Rob? <laughs> That's right. Goodness. My mind always is always on writing. So it's podcasting well, is funny, a side, so is our a guests, side gig. Recording in progress. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Okay. Oh, the silence is deafening. The silence oh. is deafening. Well, uh, <laughs> usually our normal banter banter right uh, is actually not here today, but I'm jumping ahead of ourselves because, of course, this is the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversations about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today... The, is the, Ryan Flurry the cowbell? <laughs> the cowbell has arrived in the room. At least we got the bell. Okay, well, listen, just derail my entire intro. I had an entire intro written up, but forget it. I'm ripping that up. Hey, Absolutely. it's Ryan Flurry and the cowbell. Hello, everyone. Uh, and also, not joining us, wait, no, and not joining us today, of course, which is why we had that big pause at the front of the show. Steve Barkley is away today. So that leaves us with, hey, it's Liz Malone. Hey, it's Liz Malone. Let's give her a cowbell. Thank you. You Thank you, Ryan. You get a cowbell today just because. I I needed a cowbell. Thank you. Everybody needs a cowbell. Everyone needs cowbell. Exactly. So, hey, I'm not going to waste any more time. Uh, with the intro, because I am actually excited about today's show. I know I say that every week, but today I am honestly very excited about this because it's talking about one of my favorite topics, which is comic books. Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Ryan, can you tell the fine folks at home what the heck we're doing today? Sure. Today we are speaking with Darren Dufresne, who is an associate professor of English and the writing program at Wichita State University who has developed an accessible comic book app. And I do have to say, go Shockers. Right. <laughs> go Shockers. <laughs> well, okay, I, I will get you to explain that after we welcome our guest. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Darren. Thank you. Okay, wait, what's, what's a Shocker? That's our that... very strange mascot. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's the Wichita State University teams, I guess, are called Shockers. And the mascot, I think I read, is called Woo Shock, isn't it? That is that is correct, yes. He he looks like uh, uh, sort of a deranged Bart Simpson. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> okay, I just based it's, it, it, it's an it's a anthropomorphic shock of wheat. Excellent. Oh, a shock of wheat. Oh my gosh. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, just based just based on that originality, I would be a shocker fan too. I don't blame you guys. <laughs> At the uh, risk of getting edited out, I, there's another shocker. It's kind of a not PG friendly shocker. That's why when I heard that, I was like, I'm going to just be quiet because I, I don't. So, I, <laughs> those, our cheerleaders actually adopted that hand gesture. Oh, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm coming to Wichita. See, Darren, I am high fiving you right now. You just. <laughs> Yeah, okay. They leaned in on that one. <laughs> okay, Liz, you're Go gonna shocker to... cheerleaders. Yeah. You're going to have to explain all of this to me after the show, Liz. Okay, this we'll is draw great. you a picture. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and then Darren Software can explain it. <laughs> Sorry. Need some more testing for that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe the haptics will come in handy in that sense. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. We're off the rails. Here we go. <laughs> Um, okay, well, yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves and into the weeds already. So why don't we take a step back and if you could just maybe just give us a little background on yourself um, and then uh, maybe we can just start talking a little bit about the app. So just give us a little bit of background on the app. Yeah, so um, I've been in Wichita State for a long time and uh, about 10 years ago, I started teaching graphic novels classes and I um, I started to teach a graduate course for the first time in that, and I had this terrific student named Aaron Rodriguez. And it just so happened his office was right across the hall from my office. And so after classes, we'd often continue the conversation. And one of the things we were looking at was disability studies in the class. And I, I, I put this question to the class and I was really serious um, about it. I said, what do we do if you can't see comics? How do we, how do we create a situation where you can take part in a full discussion of comics and this combination of text and image that's so um, important to comics um, without having someone just tell you what they're seeing? Because that's pretty much what you get if you get anything at all um, with, with comics and graphic novels. And uh, Aaron and I kept talking about this and, and it came around to this idea of haptics. And if we utilized haptics on tablets and cell phones, uh, we thought, well, maybe we could come up with something where um, you could use that contact with the screen to get a sense of where things are laid out on the page and the order in which things are meant to be read. Well, and that's why it, it, was, it was really interesting when, when Ryan pitched the show and I was really intrigued by it because you know, I'm sure that that this is the case, you know, for for many, many, many years, nobody's ever even tried to adapt um, comics in terms of making them accessible because it just feels like it, it's such a visual medium. And, you know, right from just the way that because you're right, every single panel of a comic book, there's a there's a strategy, I'm sure, behind that in terms of the, the writer and the artist working together to sort of portray things like motion and or emotion or like there, there's there's so many elements that must make it incredibly challenging to take even just a single a single page of a comic book and really sort of make that um, an, an equitable experience for somebody who say can't see it. 
So, I mean, right off the get-go, I mean, I have to say that this is, this is a really exciting idea, um, but, it, but it must also at the same time feel very, like, uh, almost overwhelming, I would, I would think. Yeah, uh, well, one of the things that overwhelmed me when we started talking about this is I have almost no coding experience. And so um, I was going to kind of talk myself out of being able to do anything in this regard. And we fortunately, we got a little bit of help from um, Wichita State University, and they put us in contact with some coders and, and gave us a little bit of seed money to try this out and see if like the, the basic premise was going to be workable. And it was, and, and that encouraged us to apply for some bigger grants to pay the coders to do the kind of work that um, uh, Aaron's a little more with uh, coding than I am, but um, this is beyond the skill set of either of us. And so we, we've had to really rely on a good coding uh, company here in, in Wichita to, to do, uh, get us to the point that we're at. And we're hoping to have this thing done or close to done by this summer. Growing up, I was a huge, huge comic book uh, fan. Uh, you know, through college, I worked at a comic book store. I've always really appreciated the 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 medium, uh, you know, and I've always thought that it that it's an, a really incredible medium um, for storytelling. There's there's many different ways that you can you can tell stories, and as important of a story as say literature. But I feel like that's also something that's only happened, say, in the past maybe what 10 15 years where it's actually as a as a medium it's actually starting to to be taken seriously and graphic novels are seen as forms of literature is is that kind of the case yeah I, you know it's um mouse was the first uh, work that won the pulitzer prize um for a work of fiction and that's a it's a comic um, it's a graphic novel, um, and it's also been in some hot water in the state of Tennessee lately, which um, really boosted sales. That's right. Uh, it, so there, there have been conversations around this for, you know, 25 years probably, but even like 10 years ago when I was starting to really pitch this hard to my department that this is something that really is 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 worth the attention and that um, um, it's not just kind of a you know, like just a fun thing to do, but there, there's just, there's a lot going on in comics that um, I, I was met with a little, uh, little resistance there. I, I remember our university president, in fact, kind of scoffed at me about what is it you're doing? And he kept asking me, and you're gonna, you're gonna teach comics to adults. And um, eventually I was able to like push some, some things into his hands that um, showed him um, that, you know, that this is a really um, serious literary endeavor. I mean, are there, terrible comics out there sure but there's there's tons of terrible fiction that gets published yeah, uh, sure. all the time as well so um you know it's 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 a it's its own genre and it's got a, a rich tradition and it's just um it's really fascinating uh area to be studying in well and that's partly why also i think that that it's never really been that much of a priority to to be adapted there's been this idea that well comic comics are for kids or they're not it's not a, a, a something that really needs to be uh, adapted for for the the disability community because you know it's it's frivolous sure yeah and I, I think that that was really one of the reasons that there was somewhat of a lag with the technology um, the urgency with getting technology that's actually providing something 
um, for the visually impaired because I think what happens is there's this attitude about comics just being all about plot. You know, um, Batman's going to come driving in, in the Batmobile and punch Joker, and that you know that's really the whole story there. And so um, I think there was the sort of satisfaction with like, well, if we just tell what's happening, we'll call it good. Um, but that that certainly does not do justice to the work, and it does not give agency to the readers if if they can't see. It's the whole audio description and captioning argument all over again. Yeah. And, and that's, it's not to say that that is, you know, and, and certainly depending on how much attention and how much skill someone has at, at providing something like that, it's not like that's without merit, but it's mm-hmm. not the same thing. You're not interacting with the text. It's a really passive endeavor to just sit there and have some someone tell you something. Right. You're very right. Like listening to an audio book or listening to a talking book is a very passive experience but i think that what you're talking about here is is it's more of an interactive engagement with with the text that's really exciting and and comic books are like that because comic books feel more vivid and more engaging than say uh, you know blocks of paragraphs um and i want you to to talk a little bit about this idea of, of multimodal texts because I think that that plays into it. There's, there's, when you're looking at a comic book panel, there's, there's a bunch of different things that are going on. Um, so maybe you could, we could start to, and, and you could just sort of speak to that a little bit and what you mean by the multimodal text. Well, a multimodal text is really just something that's, that's bringing in a couple of different modes. And in the case of comics, it's typically um, the image and the text together. And so there's not, um, it, you you approach one first always um you you read the text or you you look at the image and then read the text but it's kind of a recursive act typically like you go back and forth between that with most uh, multimodal works and this is not just for comics and graphic novels Um, one of the things that we're we're interested in in this whole thing is like how like textbooks often um aaron had this great example that he found from a biology textbook and it was um a cell dividing and they give an audio track to explain what um you know the multimodal parts of this textbook but um all it said was here's a cell and then in the next image of this cell dividing there's all these complex things going on all these labels of the different parts of the cells as the cell is is, is pulling apart um there's no it says the cell divides and that was <laughs> that was the audio uh, version of that so clearly that is not giving the person reading that textbook, the kind of information they need to really understand what is on the page in a way that um, someone who can see those images can understand it. And I felt like uh, all along comics were running into that same problem. That there was just not this engagement with the text and this ability to go kind of navigate the modes a little bit, navigate between the text and the image um, as a reader um, that I think is really important to it. Okay, so let's talk about about the the technology and about the app itself, and just a little bit about how it actually works. Sure. So um, we've got a, some different modes that we're we're working with there. Um, we do have a mode where if you just want to hear the comic, you can just press the button, and you'll get what we call the global narrative. It will it will give you the the audible version of the comic. But we're using haptics so that when you put your finger to the screen and you start to drag your finger across the screen, if you're going in the proper order from panel to panel, 
you'll get some haptic feedback that lets you know that you're going in the in the preferred order of panel to panel. Um, if you go out of order, you get a negative feedback and it does not read the next part to you. So you have to kind of back up and then what that will do for the reader, um, it, it, it's the kind of thing that I think you'll have to, to learn a little bit to use it. But once, once you use it, if you're reading in that mode, you'll get a sense of how the comic is laid out, how the one panel moves to the next and speaks to the next. Um, you can also then just touch different parts of the screen and it will tell you what it is that you're seeing. Um, we're coding the comics so that it's searchable um, so that you can um, you can just say to the to the app, hey, um, how many I want to find instances of Batman riding a motorcycle and it would find those instances for you in the text. Um, and then we're also looking at a translation uh, version as well. Are these are these comics? preloaded into the app or available through the app? And is it a certain selection that's available? I guess, how, how does the selection actually sure. become, uh, is determined? Well, one of the things that we want to do is make this like a, a, a drop and load kind of thing with the app so that anyone can take this app and, and make a comic accessible in this way. Um, but we will have like a library within the app and one of the things we'll be looking at is trying to get uh we, we've talked to a bunch of the comic um publishers and we've got nothing but positive feedback the only concerns they have which i totally understand are like the safety of their product right that that if we if we have access to that that we don't just make it free for everyone to come through Vizzling and and uh access the comic so we'll, we'll, we'll work out that side of it but um, we also are going to have comics um, on the app and a library of those to start with. And then hopefully that will grow in the near future. We're working with a uh, visually impaired comic artist named Doug Knight out of uh, Canada. He's written a really interesting comic called Chiasm. And that's one of the first ones that we're adapting through this uh, technology. One of the things I was talking to Rob about earlier today was we have accessible library sources around the world for blind and partially sighted users. Have you thought about having the ability to connect to, let's say, a public domain library if one exists for public domain comics? Yeah, and there are a lot of public domain comics out there. And that, that's why I think it's important with what we're putting together that this is something that if you have, if, the, if there's a digital version of a comic already out there and it's something that we don't have the rights to, that someone has the ability to adapt this comic pretty readily and um, I won't say totally easily, but I mean, they, they can adapt it using the tools on the app so that it's, um, it's usable um, in the app format. So then the author of that comic wouldn't need to, they, they could use the tools built into your app yes. to make their comic accessible. Yeah, if, as long as cool. there's no rights issues there. Right. Um, and and I, we have a little bit of latitude with that, actually, um, uh, from my understanding that if it's, um, if it's if it's going to assist someone in this way that 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 freezes up a little bit of course marvel uh, may <laughs> yeah marvel <laughs> and dc yeah <laughs> they may have some concerns that we'll have to get to down the road but um we're, we're very excited about this and we really feel like this is something that that um, is going to provide a platform um, for reading and enjoying and, and engaging with comics that hasn't been there before 
But when you think about it, you know, I don't know how many of us, well, I, I can tell you, you probably all four of us here on the call pay for subscriptions to Netflix, Disney+, Plus, whatever, Hulu, Amazon, you name it. You could have tiers of subscriptions where, you know, if you're having to pay for licensing, you've got to recoup that cost at some point. So, you know, you get access to the public domain stuff for free. And then maybe if, you know, you did get Marvel on there, you know, there's a whatever, $6.99 a month subscription fee. You know, there's people that would pay that. Yeah, so that's our hope that um, most of these, these places that, um, you know, have the deep pockets that they'll work with us on this and they won't see this as any kind of threat to their, um, to their enterprise, which is something we, we you know, we want to respect the comic artist for sure as well in all of this and make sure that if they're getting paid through Marvel or they're getting paid through DC or whatever, that they would continue to, to get the same pay from using Vizzling. Like it, it would not preclude that. But um, again, that that's, uh, it's a little bit down the road for us, but it's certainly on our horizon. Sure. Do you guys have a partnership with the various comic creators that you do include in your app in terms of the way their comics are being described? Not yet. Um, <laughs> we're in the testing phase right now. And so that's, that's really, uh, that question kind of speaks to where we're going to be at probably in May of this, uh, this year. So it would probably work in a similar fashion to audio description for TV or movies. You'd probably have a script writer who writes the script for the comic and then a narrator come in, or is your voicing in the app just going to be text to speech? Now, um, that is actually the one area of this that I think is going to be a little more time intensive. Um, to write the global narrative, you need to really take a step back and you can't just, can't just go text to speech because otherwise you're you're missing out on so much of the action that's right, taking right. place there and so that has to be written in by someone um, but we're we're creating some protocols for that as we go as well and then i'm assuming you might be working with some sort of focus group yes type of format to make sure that the or to ensure that the description sort of meets the needs of the artistic uh license that you know the creator has sort of put out there and probably would want conveyed against, you know, the way your, your, I guess, copywriters are sort of interpreting it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, then we're also I, working with Envision here in town. Envision is a really big um, entity. We we're fortunate to have them in Wichita and they're, they're helping us with the, uh, uh, the testing side of this. Well, and it's, it, it is a really I think a, a good time uh, to be doing something like this because, you know, we, we, we talked about Marvel and DC, but really the days where they're the only game in town is really you know, not, not necessarily anymore. I mean, there, there are so many other independent comic publishers out there. There's a huge, you know, digital online independent um, comic industry, you know, there's there's tons of different people doing different things out there so that even if you don't necessarily capture the big players, uh, at least initially, there's still lots of other really, really valuable publishers out there that you that certainly would be interested in, in coming on board. Yeah, we reached out. Uh, that was one of the things that really struck me. We reached out to so many of the comic um, publishers when we were um, starting this initially and 
a lot of the the mid tier and smaller tier places were very like oh we would love to have something like this because we we are on such a tight threshold with our publication budget that um, we just honestly can't afford to devote the resources to this and so if we had something like this we had someone doing something like this um, we'd be all in so we're we're excited about that well and honestly like i, I really do think that any publisher would be really foolish to turn their nose up at this because because you're absolutely right the margins for for producing a comic book are very thin um you know the <laughs> comic book publishers it may seem like they have, they have a, a ton of money um but really the the reality of it is 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 they don't it's it people nobody's getting super super rich um writing or or illustrating a comic book and certainly the publishers aren't necessarily either i mean they make a lot of their money off things like they're lucky enough to get movie rights or, you know, a, a, other other types of ways to, to make money. They don't they don't necessarily make a ton of money based on that five dollar comic book. And, and, and what you speak to there is also another part of this that I think is really important. Um, just how big of cultural drivers comics are at the moment. I mean, they have been for a while, but um, one of the uh, grad students we have working with us uh, their name is Peach, and Peach was blind for a while, and Peach um, has told us that they'll go blind again at some point because of a, a degenerative uh, eye problem that they have that uh, they, they've got a correction for right now, but it, it's not permanent. And Peach tells us such a compelling story about loving comics and loving Marvel movies, and Peach would go to these Marvel movies with their partner, and their partner um, would lean over and tell them what was going on in the films because they were they just felt like they wanted to be so a part of this this marvel uh, boom that uh, has been going on for about 20 years um and and so peach uh, peach has been such a great addition to the team for that reason with that that kind of uh, experience and that kind of interest in comics well we've talked about it on the show many 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 times over the years how the disability market have dollars to spend and it's a missed market for these yeah. companies not to have yeah. their services accessible so you know i applaud your efforts and and hopefully we'll we'll see some movement on this media because there hasn't been any access to it yeah we're we're thrilled to this and i just personally i mean my um i had a situation where i was like temporarily blinded a glaucoma situation um now I can't really read things on my cell phone. And so one of the things that um, I'm looking forward to with this is being able to, I can follow like the, the images and things on my cell phone, but you know, it's, there's, there's spectrums, right? And one of the things that I'm looking forward to is being able to just press the little speech balloon and have that particular aspect read to me when I can't see it. Um, so I, I think there's, there's so many people that are touched by this um, in the country levels of this, that um, uh, they're, you know, I think you're 100% right that that uh, there just has not been the kind of attention. I mean, the 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 ADA was 1990. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a long time ago, and um, it's certainly done some good things. But I'm sh I'm shocked when I see the the lack of uh, lack of services in in some areas that have uh, have yet manifested. Quite often, it's like this with any sort of. Uh, uh, accessible technology in that there are also implications for just the mainstream 
Um, you know, everything from, you know, text messages that were originally developed for people who are deaf um, to closed captioning that I've gotten into the habit. I watch everything now with closed captioning because I feel like it just adds it adds a, a layer to I, I can I can keep up with a show or I, I, I gain a lot more details when I have the closed captioning on as when I don't. But even things like audio description, we've heard of people who are sighted turning on audio description so they can go cook in the kitchen and still watch their show. And I feel like this is a, a sort of a, also has some of those implications because I know even for me, I'm sighted. I would love like the idea of a audio described comic book that I could interact with in a different way other than reading it. Um, and I feel like that's even just exciting and, and nobody's really tried this before. And I, and I do, again, I feel like this is a really untapped market, like Ryan was saying, because for, for comic book publishers, this could be a golden opportunity from them if, if, if this, the technology works out and they can implement it in a way and, and, and produce that, that content that would make these comics accessible, that could really give them a bump in sales. Yeah, we're, I mean, our technology is working. The thing that we're, we're really focused on right now is making sure that we're not making decisions that um, uh, people are without their vision, you know, don't like with the app. And that's very important to us that, that this is not something that we're being prescriptive with this, but we're getting, we're trying to get as much feedback as we can and, and working with some things like with voiceover and stuff like that to make sure that, that this runs as seamlessly and, and, uh, and just runs well um, uh, for the, for the, all the people that, that are going to be using it. So you do have some visually impaired or totally blind beta testers as part yes. of your focus groups. Yeah. Yes. That's where that's where Envision comes in. Sure. And, um, uh, Kansas uh, School for the Blind had reached out to us about a month ago, and we're looking forward to working with them too. I know it always seems like a silly question to me, but you know, it's funny. You you talk to a, there there are app developers out there that you talk to that uh, that not only do they not have any beta you know beta testers that are that are in the community, they didn't even consult people to actually see if it was something that they the community actually needs or wants. Yeah, there's there's sometimes kind of just this sense of like, oh, I got a, a big idea. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and this has got to get out in the world right now. And um, we're we're being as cautious as, as we can. We, we obviously want to get this app out there, but we want to make sure it's something that, that, um, that people want and people you know can use uh, with as little effort as possible. Will you guys have support for Braille displays? You know, now we have some multi-line displays and that may come in handy where you have you know, a dialogue or you have a, a, a bubble with text in it. You know, I'm not sure how that would work, but. So that's Braille something right now that we're kind of, we've pushed to the side a little bit. Um, sure. but this is definitely something that we're going to come back to and take another closer look at and see if it's something that we can integrate. Um, we, you know, we, we, do, we don't expect to have this done by this summer and then just sure. be like, you know. Yeah, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> now what's the next big idea? Yes. Uh, so you know, it, we'll continue to get feedback on it and uh, look for ways that we can continue to improve it. Now, so, so is the app essentially a, a reader only or is there, are, are there tools so that somebody could say take an, an existing comic and and produce uh, an, this accessible track for the app 
Like, is yeah, it is it going to be community driven or is? Yes. Yeah, we're we're working to do this both things simultaneously, so that when it's when it's ready, and again, our our goal is this summer, um, that you will have the ability to. There, there's a host of free digital comics out there. A lot of things like from, say, the 40s, 50s, and 60s that mm-hmm. uh, copyrights have lapsed on. If somebody wanted to take some, and I mean, there are tons and tons and tons of them, I mean, more than we could we could hope to uh, render ourselves in any short amount of time. So one of the things we, we want people to have the opportunity to do is just take those as one example. And if they wanted to make one of those accessible for classroom use or for um for for someone else's use um to to be able to like take the software and just use it and and uh and upload those works into there and and work with a little bit and have an accessible version of it amazing are those tools to make the comic book accessible to blind and partially sighted so i'm totally blind myself and if i found a public domain comic that was free would I be able to use those tools to convert that to an accessible format to work in the app? Um, honestly, probably not immediately. Okay. Um, but one of the things that I really, I, I really, this is this is big on my heart. I, I want to make sure that we we try to get there. And I think there's enough other technologies surrounding this that we can find a way to to make that kind of thing happen. Okay, right. that's exciting. Right now, we're not we're not we're not there yet, but I mean sure. that, that's definitely um, that's definitely something that's been kind of you know we, we started with this, this simple question about what can we do to make this accessible, and it, it spurred so many other questions, um, and that's definitely one of them. Well, you can definitely tell we're curious because we have all these questions and wish and pipe dreams, right? So, it's exciting to have something like this that's coming to fruition. Uh, yeah, we've been really, really impressed with the uh, feedback that we've gotten and the enthusiasm. We, um, we've gotten a lot of encouragement from um, all the people we'd hope to be encouraged by in this endeavor. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, really, you're talking about a medium that's been completely locked away for a, for a lot of people for many, many, many years. So, yeah, I, c- I, can, I can totally understand why people would be really excited about it. Well, and there's those of us that, you know, like I had sight until I was 23 and then boom, it was gone. So, you know, I remember looking at comic books, reading comic books, laying on the front lawn. So, you know, being able to still be able, I can still visualize colors and characters. So being able to have an interactive comic book, such as this sounds like it could be, would be very exciting. That's what we hope. Well, and I also, I also really think that there are, I, I was really intrigued by you talking about the idea of textbooks and diagrams and stuff like that, because really there's there's actually a lot of implications there as well of being able to make um, a lot of these materials in an educational setting suddenly a lot more accessible or at least a lot more engaging to students as well using, using the software. Yeah, we, one of the other areas that we're going to pivot to as we um, finish off some things with um, with where we're at right now is looking at maps. Um, we oh, have yeah. um, on our larger board, uh, Alita Bourne is a uh, uh, blind historian. And one of the things that we really want to do is to get digitized versions of maps in ways that, that uh, users can explore those maps and get a better understanding of like, okay, this river, this is how this river moves through this territory. And 
uh, and this is where the mountain range is relative to the plains and that, and that sort of thing. So uh, we're excited for the other applications for this as well. And just out of curiosity, how big is the actual team that's working working on Visling? Uh, you know, really, uh, the core of us is just myself and Aaron, but then we've got a group called T3, which is doing our um, all the tech side of it. And uh, there's several people um, involved. There are several programmers that we have working on it right now. Um, we've got a couple of grad students on board, and then we've got a larger board that in, that um, is, is very varied, um, and they've been giving feedback as we've gone along. And I haven't asked because it hasn't been asked yet, but where did the name come from? <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, that I had worked into my syllabus in that graduate course was uh, Neil Cohn is a um, theorist. He's in the Netherlands now. Um, he's a linguist, and he's got this book called uh, um, The Visual Language of Comics. Um, in that book, he talks about comics and uh, sequential art having uh, like a kind of grammar to them, and he 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 really does a nice job of backing that up in that book. And so one of the things I was introducing the students to was this idea of, of visual linguistics. And so when it came time to come up with a name, I thought, Viz, oh, oh, there you go. So that's kind of at the core of our approach. Makes sense to me now. Got a nice ring to it too, I think. The, yeah, which also actually brings up a really interesting idea too, because I could see that there could be, there could be a real a real art to developing the accessible version of any given comic book, given those visual linguistics like you were talking about. Um, you know, that's just above and beyond then just describing the action and, you know, um, doing, you know, doing a basically a read through of the dialogue or whatever there. Yeah, there's all kinds of implications there on just how you how you interpret that that visual experience and translate that into into that accessible version really fascinating stuff yeah it's 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 opening up a lot of really interesting research questions for us as we go along with it for sure and that's uh, that's right there at the at the heart of it well sure because you know i i feel like even from person to person how that person engages with that comic you know interpreting the, the visuals in in line with the the text is probably very different just depending on because we all process information very differently and so that experience is going to vary from person to person yeah somebody looking at a whole page of a comic is you know someone is going to zero right in on the the pow <laughs> you know that may be like a little bit further down the page someone else may be really interested in color and may go to to a panel based on that other people are like very text-based and they'll, they'll start there and um, all these things are, are part of what we want to bring into the experience yeah which is really fascinating because i almost feel like as if somebody is a writer and or illustrator of a comic that's almost really exciting because it gives you it gives them another way to to translate whatever they're trying to do with any given panel or, or any given page of a comic. Yeah, there's some really interesting stuff that um, has been written about Alan Moore, who wrote uh, Watchmen and yeah. B for Vendetta. Um, I think it kind of started with like fanboys uh, getting really, really under the floorboards of what he's done, but they, they've 
there's several several books out just on uh like watchmen now that goes panel by panel by panel and and really breaks everything down talks about all the things that he worked into each panel um so that uh, you know they were like callbacks to other comics or um foreshadowing things that are going to come up later in the narrative and and it, it's really tightly structured in a really interesting way that um it's kind of parallel to literature but also its own critter yeah so what is the status of the app currently uh right now we are just very close we're on spring break here at wichita state right. um, so all the shockers are <laughs> all over the place um but next week when i get back um we should be getting to the point where we're meeting with our tech team and and getting ready for the uh, some of the, the specific testing that we're going to be doing so between now and really this summer it's going to be lots of testing darren this might actually be the most important question of this whole interview who will you dress up as when you go to Comic-Con? <laughs> I wish I could say that we hadn't joked about that. <laughs> it's a, it, this is a real question. I want to know. Yeah, I, I don't. It's going to have to be something without spandex because I won't be <laughs> the first time people are like running out of Comic-Con. Have you actually, have you guys gone to Comic-Con yet? Have you had an, uh, have you been in exhibit not, yet? No, but uh, you know, this is one of the things that we are, we're really, uh, we really want to do. I mean, for lots yeah. of reasons, but um, certainly for the fun side of that as well. Well, listen, if you, if you guys ever do decide to go, it, please reach out to me because if I can make it to New York, I would absolutely love to hang out in your booth with you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I just want to wear a costume. I'm just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I got to get one that fits, though. <laughs> Start early. We diet now, right? <laughs> Is there a place that people can follow the progress of the app? Yeah, we have um, our website uh, is still in progress, but that should be, um, we, we completely tore it down and we, we're having the same team that's doing our coding, building it back up for us. But that, that's going to be ready here. Soon, if you get on just bizzling.org, you can find a little bit of information, but the rest of that should be available within about a month or so. And uh, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, LinkedIn and other places as well. And they can find you just by searching Vizzling or? Yep, they, you, you get a few kind of strange uh, other Vizzling things that come up, but uh, <laughs> uh, we're feeling better about the name all the time because we're, we're, we're pretty much what comes up in Google. Awesome. Well, well, we'll definitely link to everything in the show notes as well. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, listen, sir, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening to talk to us. Um, I, I'm excited. I think this is incredible. Um, and um, you please come back a little bit closer when you guys are ready to release and let's talk again. I'd love to. I'll bring, uh, bring Aaron with me next time. He's, he's, uh, he's someone you ought to meet. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but this is great. I just I love the interest in this. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and talking with me about it. Thank awesome. you. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right. Thanks a lot. And Liz, we'll see you at uh, Comic-Con. Yeah, oh, you, you bet. bet. <laughs> okay, go Shockers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks, 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 Good yeah. night, Darren. Good night. Okay, I'm serious. I do want you to explain this to me later because I, 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 can't believe I, don't know, I can't believe I don't know what you guys are talking about. Can't what? believe I'm the kid in the room. He doesn't know the shocker. That's what. 
<laughs> I, I'm thinking I do, but go ahead and clarify. No, don't care. Not, not on podcasts. Okay. Not while not while the thing's rolling and recording not that what? we can use for blackmail purposes later. Well, if she ever decides to run for no, Congress. No, because um, that's no. But seriously, that is that is a really exciting app. I like. I want to see it in action. I, I still feel like I'm still a little fuzzy on exactly how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And and how how somebody with with a visual impairment is going to navigate it, and how the haptics sort of play into that. Um, but I'm I'm yeah I'm totally down. I, I'm I really hope that they they hit that launch window for the summer, and we can start to play with it because there's there's a lot of really big implications there. Mm-hmm. Well, and even you'll be able to you know turn your screen off, turn voiceover on, or talk back whatever phone you're using and drag your finger along the screen and the haptics will tell you and it'll start speaking right if you go off of that panel or frame or page or whatever then you're not going to get any response back so it sounds like they they've they've done their investigations they've talked to the right people they're approaching this the right way so it is exciting and it'll be intriguing to take a look at it yeah no exactly like and there's like i said it's it's a medium that's been then locked away for so long that it's exciting that you know there's this whole new whole new demographic that can be enjoying these things on a on a like honestly like on a different level even because i think that there's potential that you can actually engage more with an accessible version of a comic book than just reading it yeah it'll be interesting you know i'm 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 picturing or, or hearing in my mind the same sort of thing as listening to like a Marvel movie audio described on Netflix. Yeah. But you know, cause I don't have any other, um, I have nothing to relate that to. Right. So that's the closest I can come, but it will be different because you'll have that tactile sensation of the haptics. You'll have the different elements, I guess, of the panel being described to you. It's going to be very interesting. I'm I'm really curious to see it, how this is going to work. Well, it's a lot. I think I equate it to a lot like I've heard Braille described. Like, it's a different experience when you read a Braille book as opposed to if you just listen to an sure. an, an audio book, right? Because yeah. you're engaging with it. You're following. You your your fingers are feeling the words. You know, you're engaging with it a in, a, se- in a different way. Yeah, a different part of your brain is is engaged and. Yeah. So, you know, so in terms of reading an accessible comic book where you're following the panels, I mean, you're driving, you, it, feel, it feels like you're driving the narrative because you're going at you're the pace that you want to and you're taking your time and engaging with every individual panel on your own terms. And I think that that, that can't be understated on, on how important that can be. Well, they could get as detailed as they wanted to as well. You know, let's just say on the first panel it says whatever you know, Batman jumps into the Batmobile and takes off. But perhaps down the road, you could maybe double tap and it would describe to you the colors in that panel. It could describe to you the color of the Batmobile, not just the description that's going along with that comic or that, that panel, but actually what's in that panel. Yeah. Batmobile, black car, winged tail, you know, blue sky, yellow you know what i mean like yeah they could you could really double tap triple tap use some of those voiceover elements to gain even a deeper detail of what's in that panel 100%. well i hope they really use like a cool voices too because i'm batman 
It'll be, <laughs> oh God, we're, we're Steve when we really needed him. Yeah, exactly. Way to go, Steve. But I mean, it, it would be strange if it just says, you know, text, pow, you know, and, instead of like, pow, you know, you need a little oomph. Yeah. But, so it'll, you know, we'll see. It could be really fun. It could, absolutely. Yeah. Now, who, who would you guys dress up as if you went to Comic-Con? Man, that's <laughs> tricky. Hmm. Who would I want See, I to? Uh... I haven't been into comics since I lost my sight, so I'm trying I... to think. It was it probably Spider Man, but Spider Man from the eighties because I have no idea. Like I haven't yeah, seen Spider Man since nineteen ninety five when I lost my sight. So early Spider Man. I don't know, man. That's a pretty or tight Superman. fitting. That's a pretty tight fitting costume. You can't. Yeah. There's, no hiding. There's no hiding. There's no hiding in a Spider Man costume. Man. <laughs> Got nothing to hide. <laughs> Mommy, why does Spider-Man have a big belly? <laughs> He's retired, honey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see, man. It's gotta, I got, I, yeah, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm with, uh, I'm with Darren. I'm not wearing any spandex. Uh, there's too many... <laughs> Superheroes wearing really uncomfortable clothing. I need. So, what would you go as? You can't go as Thor because that's like wearing, wearing barely nothing. Yeah, no, Thor would be no good. Uh, I mean, go uh, maybe Iron Man, but that Iron would require. That's a that's a pretty elaborate costume. Uh, and then plus, I pre- it would look stupid with my glasses over top of the mask. That was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Um, uh, see, that's the trouble with wearing glasses. Like, there's no cool superheroes that wear glasses. That you can't, and then you just look stupid. Uh, with well, wearing that, glasses, you know, with there's a, a whole other conversation about disability representation in yeah, media, exactly. right? Why is there no disabled superheroes? Yeah. Well, I mean, there kind of are. We've gone through. No, there this. aren't. There kind of is. <laughs> Professor X, technically. Professor X. We're like, we see, he's the he's the father. Daredevil, he's always the uh, the. Oh God, the daredevil! Yeah, I know it's always they always people always That's go the to that daredevil, yeah. and um, but no, yeah, it would. Although daredevil, that would be actually a cool costume. I might go as daredevil. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You, well, you guys, yeah. you guys can come to Comic Con too. And what would you dress up as, Liz? Oh, that's easy. Catwoman. It's a very black is very slimming, so uh, I'm all about that. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm just going to squeeze on some spanks and put on my Catwoman costume. Put on the ears. Carry around your shocker. Hope for the best. I got, I got two shockers right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, now Rob's really confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the best show we've done in seven years. <laughs> I love it, Liz. We're so glad to be on board. Oh, you make the show so great. <laughs> Bring in the shocker. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Jokers. Darren. Thank you, Darren. That's right. All right. Enough of that. Uh, hey, Liz. Hey, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us online at atbanter.com. Yeah. Love it. One sec. Is it called the shocker? I don't know. Like what? I don't see anything here. Wait, shocker. Dirty. 
<laughs> Here we go. Okay, let's see. You on Pornhub now? Like, uh, don't read it. Do no, not I'm, read I'm, out loud. Urban Dictionary. Hold on. Wait. Oh my. Oh. Okay. I see. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. That makes things make so much more sense now. There you go. Yeah. All right. Sh- shockers uh, are the names of the team at the Wichita State University. Yeah. Um. All right. Oh man, I'm still recovering from that. Okay. So. You know, Rob's it doing the rest of the evening. <laughs> not, no, I'm not the shocker. Uh, oh my God. Okay. So anyway, uh, where am I? Where am I? What are we doing now? What's uh, What's happening? Uh, we can also. We where what? He's so discomfortable. No, I just don't know where we were at. Okay, wait. Uh, Oh yeah, people can. We're online at atbanter.com. No, no. Okay, we can. We people can also email us. They so desire at uh, atbanter. No. Wow, that really threw me off. (laughs) You are gone. My mind is just going in different places. Completely. Obviously. Yep. Good thing I didn't look that up before the. That's interview. why they call it. That's why they call it the shocker. Yeah, exactly. That would. I would. That would. Anyways, uh, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atmentor.com. And they can find us on Facebook and on Twitter and soon to be LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can find us on LinkedIn. We're going to do some little, some little worky work on our LinkedIn account. That's exciting. Mm. Yeah, I know. Wow. Excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not shocker level exciting, but still exciting. It's that like one shock, not two shockers, not a double shocker. <laughs> it's, it's not a, shock. a double. Just one shock. It's not a double. Oh, don't make me Google the double shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my heart can take it. Just give me a, a stroke out. Um, all right. That is going to about do it for us this week because we've done enough damage. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, of course, big thanks to our, our guest for joining us. And we will see everybody next week this podcast has been brought to you by canadian assistive technology providing low vision and blindness solutions across canada find us online at www.canastech.com that's c-a-n-a-s-s-t-e-c-h.com or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324 For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 